welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Wellbeing Wednesdays. My name is Courtney Weaver. I'm the director over at WellWVU here at West Virginia University. And today I am joined by Dr. Tane Lee, who is the director of student engagement and leadership here at the university. So hello, good morning. Well, it's not even good morning. It's good afternoon, Tane. How are you doing? I'm good, Courtney. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. Um, you invite me onto the show. Yeah, thank you for coming. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role here at the university before we get started? Sure, yeah. So um, as you said earlier, I'm the Director of Student Engagement Leadership, which is just a, a fancy title with that just means that I get to work with students and making sure that they get engaged or involved with the university in some fashion. And so um, throughout my office, we have we oversee the um, 500 plus student organizations here on campus. We help provide advising and resources for them. Um, and then we also provide leadership programs to make sure that they're effective in their leadership of their organizations and just in general. You know, we truly believe that all students uh, can be leaders here on campus and we are here to help uh, facilitate that and help um, produce skills and competencies to make sure that they're effective leaders. Um, and then we also oversee the operations of the student food pantry here called the RAC. And so really excited about that. And then we also work directly with student government. And so, like I said, just a lot of different avenues to make sure the students are connected in some way. And that's really kind of our, our charge here at the university. Okay. And so do you want to expand a little bit about what like student involvement actually means? Cause it's really not just like you help organize the Quidditch club. Uh, <laughs> like what, what does it entail? Yeah. So um, I don't want to get too deep into like, you know, student development theory or anything like that, but there is a, um, a theory called student involvement theory um, that a lot of us um, know and learn through grad graduate school um, by a researcher by the name of Aston. Um, but, uh, you know, they, they've done some research that shows the more students are involved and in, in connected with their environment, their learning environment, that the better off they are, the more comfortable they feel and actually the, the better off they are. Um, and their performance in the classroom. And so, you know, we're really here to make sure that students are connected uh, with the university in many different forms or fashions. And I, we think that, you know, connecting them with their interests and passions make people feel comfortable. Um, it's also a really cool idea of, you know, taking this large 30,000 um, student campus and distilling it down to, you know, a few, a group of like 15 or 20 individuals that are like-minded as themselves. And uh, we really think that creating that small community and that niche community um, helps them and makes them feel very um, attached to the university, builds that pride in the university. And in return, they do very well on campus, you know, and um, they're connecting with peers um, all across, you know, the campus because of that, you know, you may have an interest in racquetball, but you know, that there's not a major for racquetball, right? So, there may be some students in Statler um, Engineering and uh, B&E uh, Business College that like to play racquetball. So therefore, let's create a racquetball club, the people that just like to play racquetball. And so, you know, we, we truly believe that we want to connect students in that way. And so student involvement is really just a matter of making sure students are feeling connected and safe on campus. And, um, and hopefully in return, that creates an atmosphere where you perform very well in class. And so that definitely... Um, you know, helps with that achievement as well. So that's kind of the gist of kind of a student involvement in general. And that's kind of why we exist, right? So yeah, so it's it's really important, because I think, as you said earlier, like creating those smaller groups can really help people feel connected to their university, because it's very overwhelming to attend, you know, as an 18 year old student, to a, a, a university with 30,000 people in it. Because even if you go to a large high school, it wasn't 30,000 people big. So. Absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. It's such a, yeah, it's such a in, intimidating environment. And, you know, we think it can make students feel a whole lot more comfortable and not so kind of 
a fish out of water almost, so to speak. And so, you know, we want to make sure that they feel comfortable and are finding their peers that are, you know, like-minded or have similar interests in, in what they're doing and what they'd like to do. So. Right. Cause as soon as you find a group of people and you all have that common interest, it's so much easier to create those bonds. That's the problem with being an adult and like trying to be friends. Cause you know, there's not some <laughs> common thing really. There's not student orgs for grownups. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So something else that you mentioned were the leadership opportunities. Um, and I know you all do some development in this area. So what kind of programs does your department provide to develop those leadership skills in students? Yeah. So, I mean, the first one I'll, I'll definitely highlight is our first year leadership academy. And so that academy is a 10 week, typically a 10 week cohort program, which we take first year students, whether they be uh, freshman students or even transfer students at their first year here at the at WU. Um, and we take them through a 10 week curriculum um, dealing with like, you know, uh, leadership skills, leadership development, personality styles, um, team dynamics, all those things that come with leadership and the things that we think about when becoming a leader. Um, and so that's a really cool program. Uh, we typically take anywhere between um, 75 to 100 students yearly. Um, this year, we're actually reducing that to about 60 um, just because of some of the regulations in this year. So we're taking 60 students um, and we're taking with that curriculum um, this semester for the fall semester. We already completed our um, application and cohort process. And so we have a cohort of about 60 students um, this semester that will actually span across three Saturdays versus 10 weeks. And so um, this program, uh, first year students are paired, paired with a mentor, a peer mentor, which we call PALS, um, which stands for Peers Advising for Leadership Skills. Um, and so these peers have been trained by our office to make sure they're connecting with their students in different manners and kind of reinforcing some of the um, development skills that we're trying to teach these students and how to utilize those skills. And so uh, we're really excited about that program um, for the fall semester. Again, this will be the fourth year. Um, this is a program that I created when I first got here um, at WU four years ago. And so we really uh, thought there was a, a gap in, you know, providing uh, leadership training for our students. And so we wanted to start with our first year students. Uh, as far as our upperclassmen students, uh, we do have a program called a Certified Student Leader Program, which is a little bit more self-paced um, in which you go to different workshops and you develop certain competencies. And so we have different levels of um, leadership certification that you can get. Um, so going to different workshops, whether it be multiculturalism, whether it be meaning making. Um, and so we have a kind of a kind of tiers of which you have to kind of go to like five or six different workshops. You have to do some reflection, some community service um, things that kind of give you that overall um, well-balanced leader approach. And so um, at the end of that, a student will do a leadership portfolio and then talk about their kind of their journey um, through learning how to be a leader through these different workshops um, that are offered. And so um, that's more self-paced. It can easily take a student either a year or even four years. So it's really up to the student to kind of decide um, their track and their level of participation in that program. And we actually do have some upcoming informational sessions for that here in the near future. Uh, if they just want to log on to WU Engage, which is our kind of um, our all-encompassing uh, site that has all of our student organizations and all of our events on there as well. Um, and so that's really a program that I recommend for a lot of our upperclassmen. Um, we do have a um, you know, some other programs like we do host our multicultural leadership retreat. Um, unfortunately, because of the pandemic, we have a, we're going to have to push it into the spring. Um, but we really um, bring last year, our concept was around inter, inter, intersectionality and talking about how that kind of looks in certain spaces and how that kind of informs your leadership abilities and skills and how that needs to adjust. And so, um, you know, next next semester in the spring, we'll be doing our second 
uh, annual multicultural leadership retreat. Uh, more information to come with that. And so we really believe that um, we need to be talking about, you know, identity based, you know, leadership and making sure how students can um, definitely enter, especially with this time and, um, and kind of like the divisive, like, you know, um, time that we're all kind of living in right now. So, um, so yeah, so those are some of the leadership um, opportunities we do have. And, um, you know, we're always looking for other opportunities. We do offer something called SOLD Workshops, which is, stands for Student Organization Leadership and Development Workshops. Uh, and so they're this ongoing workshop series of different, um, you know, uh, competencies or even topics that we want to work with students, whether they be student org leaders or just general students that are interested in leadership um, in general. And so we're trying to do that more often. We're, we actually have those every two weeks um, out of our office. And so they, they range from, you know, um, you know, personality assessments to um, team dynamics to marketing and promotions, um, event planning 101, mark, um, social media training, stuff like that. And so we want to make sure we're offering those opportunities uh, for all of our students to continue to develop. And so um, that's just kind of the the, ice, the tip of the iceberg of some of the things we want to offer in the, um, right now and uh, more to come in the near future as well. So, Well, this is confession time for okay. me. So... Uh, <laughs> So to be honest, I'm, I think I'm a little biased against leadership education. And I think the reason for that, not to say that it's not valuable, because it definitely is, is because I have, in my previous institution, I saw it and it was only like one way to be a leader. And it was a way that to me was really um, unappealing, I mm. should say. Like it, it was really averse to who I was as a person, like as a more introverted person, as, yeah. you know, things like that. Uh, and so, like, folks like me, for example, when we hear the word leadership, like, we only think of one style, but I know, logically, like, and intellectually, that there's more. Um, and so, what types of leadership does your department really, like, help develop? Yeah, so, um, I'm, I'm glad you, you mentioned that. There, there are so many leadership styles out there, right? And we don't just focus on one um, one track of leadership, you know, we're we want you to be able to reflect on yourself, who you are personally, and then developing your leadership style based on that, right? And how to understand other people is one of, um, is something that we focus on. So, you know, for us, we're more, we're more focused on something called authentic leadership. Um, you know, something that, you know, comes authentically um, from within. And, you know, we, we understand that different leadership styles, and we teach those leadership styles as well. Like, there's definitely um, some more authoritative styles, there's more kind of referent power, and we're looking at power and privilege and power and perception within group dynamics as well. And so we, we talk about all those things. And so we allow those students to kind of self-explore and really determine and, and develop their own style. You know, I mean, we don't, we don't kind of aggressively approach that. You need to be very authoritative in your style. You need to be more passive in your style. And so um, there's something called a country club leader, right? That's, um, uh, that's uh, somebody that's always trying to please everybody, but how effective and how efficient can are you when you're just trying to please everybody, right? And so um, so we let the students kind of learn about the different styles and kind of balance and challenge them on, you know, what they're looking at in, in, as far as their, their organization is concerned or how they're going to start to move forward with their styles, right? And so, um, but we also don't want, we also want students to understand, like, you know, just because your style is different, can be different for different situations right and so depending on your 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 position within one organization and another it, those styles can be very different because your, your organization needs something different from you and so we want to develop all the different types of styles and help you develop um, kind of approaches and techniques um, to kind of um, attack any situation and so 
Yeah, so we, we definitely think about authentic leadership. We also look at um, kind of our um, servant leadership models where a lot of people love to serve, and especially, you know, with Gen Z being very servant-minded, you know, we want to make sure that um, they're aware of um, kind of their, I guess, their um, motivation uh, for serving as a leader. And so um, that's just one of the things that we kind of take them through, and um, that's part of the reflection process and kind of self-reflection and better understanding themselves because a lot of time it's hard to talk about ourselves. It's hard to kind of really describe ourselves sometimes. And so doing that is really a, a helpful exercise um, throughout all of our programs. So we make sure that we're, we're teaching you about all the different styles and we're kind of encouraging you to develop your style within what we're teaching you. Yeah. Well, that, that's great to hear. I, I know I've been combating that bias for quite a while. It, it always drives my sister um, a little uh, antsy because she, that's her job too. And she talks about leadership. So she, she would get frustrated with me like, Courtney, it's not like that. Like, I know, but this is what I'm seeing. So it's great to hear that there are so many different styles and that you're encouraging students to like go on that journey of self-discovery. Yeah, yeah, really absolutely. Um, and I think you mentioned this earlier, but I don't know if you had anything else to expand on, but like, can every student be a leader in your opinion? In my opinion, yeah. I mean, it's kind of one of those things where, um, you know, a lot of people say you're either born with it or you're not. I don't believe that. I, I really do. Because I was one of those students in, in undergrad where coming from high school, I was just, you know, yes, I, I feel like I was um, somewhat popular. You know, I want to, you know, toot my own horn, but I felt like I was pretty popular, pretty, um, pretty successful, but I was never really the president of anything or led initiatives or anything like that. And so going into college, you know, I really was able to like go to different things and learn kind of like my style. And eventually I actually developed into being a very dynamic leader on, on my campus. And so, you know, looking at my high school self and then looking at my college self there, it's like a 180. Like I, I was a totally different person um, as far as my styles, because you start to mature, you start to kind of like, you know, um, you know, develop. And so that's what we learned, right? We develop a whole lot more in college sometimes than we did when we were in elementary school. So it's just a very different development and kind of like more of your, um, you know, social cognitive development. And so I think, um, you know, I think that's really important to, to, to distinguish. And yeah, I think everybody should, uh, can be a leader. They may not be that, you know, upfront and, you know, dynamic, you know, um, public speaker leader that we all kind of look at as kind of being a leader, you know, similar to like our president, they had to speak in front of the, the camera a lot. And, you know, President Guy is one of our, another dynamic leader on our campus. And, but that doesn't mean that's the only type of leader you, you, you can be, right? And so right. leading from, there's so much theory between, you know, leading and leading from the middle, leading from the back, leading from the front. Um, I think students can lead anywhere that they are and, um, you know, leading by example and leading in kind of what you're doing and kind of how you live every mm -hmm. day, you can be a leader. Um, and so, yeah, I think anybody can be a leader as long as they're, you know, they're being, ch they're challenging others, they're um, challenging themselves, and we can help teach that um, through a lot of different workshops and just kind of conversation and, um, and reflection. Definitely. All right. Uh, and then that brings us to our final little topic, which is the, you mentioned in your introduction, but the rack, which is the food pantry here on campus. And so if you could just tell us a little bit more about it, like who can access it, what's available and like, why is it such an important service? Sure. So, um, you know, we've had conversations with our administration and, one thing that students uh, should never have to worry about is their next meal. You know, I mean, that's just one, you know, a lot of our college students are already stressed enough, you know, with the academic pressures and the pressures of um, kind of like what comes with being a college student. You know, the last thing we want them to worry about is their next meal. And so 
you know, we want to fight something called food insecurity, you know, and so a lot of students um, may not want to admit that they're food insecure, but, you know, we, we've done some research and research shows that about one third of our student population of most campuses are food insecure, mm-hmm. you know, whether that be just kind of like, you know, um, mal- malnourished versus, you know, just eating a bunch of, you know, um, unhealthy things. And so, you know, our food pantry was created to help fight in food insecurity here at WVU. And so, um, it was originated about, uh, I would probably say 2013, 2014, um, out of our office. Um, and, you know, at the time, you know, it was fairly new and kind of a concept that a lot of universities were kind of exploring. And so uh, when I got here, you know, it had already been through a couple iterations and kind of um, different locations on our campus. And so, um, you know, who can access it? Any student here on campus, you know, we want to like I said, we want to make sure we're providing support for all students here on campus in some form, um, no matter if it's just a snack, a drink, you know, a meal, whatever it may be. We want to make sure those students have what they need. Um, unfortunately, we are not open to faculty staff. Um, I know um, in the past when we first started, there was some faculty staff support. Um, unfortunately, you know, just with the resources that we have, we want to make sure that we're um, allocating and directing all of our resources to our students. Um, on campus first. And um, so what's available, um, we definitely have perishable and non-perishable items um, uh, at, our, at our location. So we have like, you know, dry pastas, we have pasta sauces, you know, canned vegetables, um, you know, our, our college students' favorite ramen noodles. We have plenty of those, um, you know, different snacks and stuff like that. We actually have drinks as well on hand. Um, so whether a student needs, like I said, a snack or a meal, just come by, you know, we'll help out with what, whatever we can. Um, we also offer um, a, a program called Fresh Food Mondays, where we actually give out fresh food and ve- fruits and vegetables every Monday. And so our, um, our staff that puts out a poll or a survey the week before asking, you know, what kind of fruits and vegetables they want to see. And that's what we bring on Mondays. And so um, Mondays, every Mondays in our office, we give out uh, uh, fresh fruits and vegetables. Um, and then every Tuesday and Friday we give out, um, we actually get um, a day old, you know, day old uh, pastries and breads from Panera Bread. And so we have those opportunities for students as well to, to come and pick up those things on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, and so, you know, we, we used to offer a lot of uh, meat and produce, um, but we've kind of uh, down kind of um, reduce that a little bit just because, you know, if we're, you know, supporting students on campus, they don't have full kitchens. And so we want to make sure that we're cognizant of that. Um, and it's kind of storage in general. A lot of students don't have a lot of storage in their refrigerators. And so uh, we've kind of backed down that a little bit. However, um, we do uh, work with SGA, uh, which they do their shared swipe program with Sodexo. Um, and so there are times where we have, um, you know, meal vouchers um, that were donated by SGA and Sodexo through the Shared Swipe program. So we do have those opportunities for students as well to take advantage of, you know, a hot meal um, in our residence hall dining. So, um, so yeah, so that's kind of who we are and kind of what we offer. And um, we're open every day from Monday through Friday, 815 to 445, right here in the Mountain Lair, um, room 143A. Um, and so, yeah, so hopefully students that need it can come by. It, it's a really short intake form that we have to have if you're a first time visitor, but that's only a one time um, form that you have to fill out. Once you fill that form out, you can come by as many times as you want to during the, during the week um, to grab whatever you need. So. Okay. And then the, that's open still Monday through Friday, even during the pandemic, right? Correct. Yeah. So from, from March 13th on, we have been open every day. Um, and so we, we made a commitment to our students to, to be open. 
Uh, now our hours may be limited. I think during the um, uh, during the summer months and the, the beginning part of the pandemic, we were open every day from 11 to 2. Uh, but now that we're back in the fall semester, we've now re um, re expanded our hours back to 8:15 to 4:45 every Monday every Monday through Friday. Right, that's awesome because that's such a crucial service. So it's great that we're still still able to do it safely. Absolutely. Uh, so that brings us to our well-being snapshot. So maybe let's talk a little bit about how student orgs are operating during the pandemic because we know we can't meet in large groups, which is normally what may happen where students, you know, reserve rooms in the mountain layer and their organizations can meet there. That's not happening. So from your perspective, like how are they operating and what are they doing? Yeah, so you know, we've been communicating and, and coordinating with a lot of student groups. Um, and so for a while there, we were consulting with groups that wanted to meet in person. And we actually had approved a few uh, meetings um, and that were upcoming. However, with the recent surge in numbers and cases um, with uh, the coronavirus, you know, we've actually backed down from that. And so we've actually asked student groups to continue to be virtual until September 25th. And so that's uh, at that point, hopefully we'll have more information about how they can operate, but as, at this point, unfortunately, uh, no student groups can technically meet in person right now until after the 25th, and then hopefully we'll get some more guidance from the university and the president's office to see if we can reopen that up. And so um, for right now, you know, we are looking at uh, when we do open back up to, you know, being very limited, you know, the university has um, instituted a, a less than 10 person gathering now and so a lot of student groups argue with us and say that hey you know we're more educational based and so unfortunately because of student organizations just the nature of their organization and all the things they do are technically social in, in nature um, and whether whether there may be some educational components they're technically social and so we have to um, restrict them to the the, the gathering sizes that they uh, that we have to adhere to by based on the governor's re recommendation and also by the university so right now the university is going with 10 and that, that'll be the number that we kind of help students to go with that. Um, and a lot of students have some confusion about being outside, uh, outside the same manner. It doesn't matter how spaced that you are, you still are limited to, to gatherings of 10 um, or less. And so, um, so yeah, so that's uh, kind of an interesting thing. I mean, I think a lot of our students have kind of pivoted and kind of done what we've been doing. It's going virtual. They use their Zoom. Um, you know, the university was so gracious enough to, you know, order a Zoom license pretty much for every student here on campus. And so any student has access to that. Um, they just got to go to wvu.zoom.us and sign up for an account and they have a Zoom account. And so that, that means that all student organizations have access to Zoom um, and have the platform to, to be able to host these kind of virtual um, meetings and, and events if they have to. So and there are a lot of cool online tools that folks can use in addition to Zoom or um, in conjunction. It's pretty cool that the way that people have innovated in that way. So you can still get involved really at the Absolutely, end of the day. Yeah. That's, yeah, the, so, that's the message. Yeah, we actually had, you know, we hosted our, our first uh, virtual um, student org fair um, a week ago, actually two weeks ago now. Wow, Tom's flying. So two <laughs> weeks ago, we had our first virtual tour and we had about 270 students actually log on and, you know, go through all the student organizations. We had about 156 organizations sign up out of our 500. And so, um, yeah, so we really are excited to continue to expand those offerings. Um, we do have something called weeks of involvement starting today. Um, and that will go out, go on for the next three weeks where um, different categories of, of student organizations are hosting kind of like intro sessions every night. And so we're going to be having that, um, throughout the week. So feel free to check our, um, 
our website for more information or log on to WVU Engage, which I probably keep mentioning. Um, but yeah, that, that, you know, that's all listed there and opportunities for students. I mean, I think tonight is club sports. And so, um, and then I think Wednesday is fraternity and sorority organizations. So um, we're really mm -hmm. excited about those two just to kind of kick off our weeks of involvement. Yeah, hopefully we'll get a lot of people logging on. <laughs> All right. I hope so, yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. All right. Knocking on wood. Right. All right. Well, thank you so much, Tane, for sitting down and chatting with us about student involvement. Uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, for our avid listeners, all 12 of you, thank you so much for, for tuning in, and we will catch you next time for Wellbeing Wednesdays.